0: I got to see people who were a few years older than me doing the things that I dreamed of doing. Once you have someone near you that is doing what you thought was never possible, it makes you like really think about, oh, maybe I can do this. I kind of had just heard a lot that like, oh, it's impossible to get an internship. And so I didn't even really prioritize that as much. And then one of my really close friends got one like kind of couple months towards the end of the year. And I was like, oh, shoot, maybe I should actually kind of, you know, prioritize, like maybe it is doable for someone like me. Why did
1: you decide
2: to Get into tech.
0: When I went down there, I was really happy to have a really solid uh, support system from the Muslim Student Union.
2: And what got you interested in computer science?
0: Growing up, I feel like I was kind of in an era before there was a really big push to get much more younger girls into computer science. When I got both of those things, I was like, shoot, like, <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. Maybe I should yeah. quit. Like, why they hire me? And so I think just like being able to call my brother and kind of have him explain that like nobody really knows what they're doing. Everyone's just figuring it out as they go along. And as long as you have like kind of the essential skills, you can really get through anything. So I got the chance to intern at Google and Apple and Twitter as a software engineer, and I really got very excited about continuing that path full-time, and I joined a startup called Tome.
1: What is your challenges, not only uh, a woman, but as a hijabi practicing within the computer science realm?
0: like Having those people that show you what's possible is really important, and that's also why I try to be as vocal as I can about my career, because I feel like if you don't know what you can dream of, it's hard to even like see what's out there. That's also why I'm very happy this podcast exists.
2: thank you so much for joining us uh sister fatima could you go get started by please introducing yourself in a few sentences
0: yeah thanks so much for having me it's truly an honor i'm a huge fan of what y'all do (laughs) Um, but yeah i'm fatima ali i grew up here in the bay area coming to suba lots of my core memories from childhood are (laughs) from sunday school here so really excited to be back for this Um, and i went to college at uc irvine in southern california and there i studied computer science and I was always looking for a new spiritual community after kind of growing up in Saba, so when I went down there, I was really happy to have a really solid uh, support system from the Muslim Student Union, mm-hmm. and we had like a really big group chat for all the computer science kids, and it was just like the most supportive thing ever, so I'm really glad I kind of had that to get me through <laughs> the trek that was undergrad, um, and alhamdulillah, during undergrad, I got the chance to intern at Google and Apple and Twitter as a software engineer, and I really got very excited about continuing that path full-time, and so... After college I decided to try out the startup world and I joined a startup called Tome that we'll talk more about and I've been there for about a year so far so it's been a wonderful journey and it's been really nice being able to uh, pay back a lot of my learnings to the Muslim women in tech communities that I'm in and all the other circles for women and underrepresented minorities so it's been it's been a cool cool experience kind of seeing uh, all the college internship sides of the world and now getting to be a new grad and kind of thinking about what's next so yeah
1: yeah, mashallah. You, you know, you did it, You did it a lot um, growing up and, you know, especially going to college. I'm in college right now, so I, I know it's not easy. Tell me a little bit. Why, why did you decide to get into tech? Why did you decide to? Because I'm a business major. I don't I don't I'm not a tech person. Why? Well, what pushed you to go into the tech field?
0: Yeah, totally. Love to see the business major, <laughs> showing major. Major. <laughs> following That's your sister's nice. footsteps. I love it. Uh, kind of similarly, if anyone doesn't know, a uh, husband, sister, <laughs> I think also did business. But yeah, um, yeah. So, so growing up in high school, I kind of had a lot of interests. I wasn't really sure what to do with my life. It's a big question. It's always a question, <laughs> even as you get older. Um, but I was always like obsessed with my English classes and my humanities classes. And I was kind of trying to think of like what could kind of combine those interests long term. And um, I don't know I feel like it wasn't talked about m- that much back then. but I feel like there is a really big connection between writing words and writing code that I didn't realize and I think just like really having the mindset of like how can I make this code better or how can I kind of you know use what I'm creating to change the world? I think a lot of that came from my English classes and I also was really involved in the journalism scene at my high school so, I think that kind of empowered me a lot to think about how can you create things from nothing and how can you kind of change the world with what you have and really got me excited about, you know, finding a good way to change the world. And I feel like tech was a really good way that combined my skills and also kind of combined the kind of impact that I wanted to have in my life since I also was just really passionate about like nonprofits and tech for social good in high school. And so I think that really kind of inspired me and showed me that there's a lot of ways to impact the world and Mm -hmm. tech could be a good one for me.
2: And what got you interested in computer science? You mentioned that like that was like kind of the first thing. So,
0: yeah. So my older brother actually, <laughs> he was like a pre med in college, and then decided that he wanted to try out computer science. And I think that was really the thing that gave me the inspiration to try it out. Since growing up, I feel like I was kind of in an era before there was a really big push to get much more younger girls into computer science and to kind of like have a lot of opportunities for them to try out coding. And so I think I was kind of like in that awkward little years where like we're kind of still figuring it out yeah. and trying to get more people in. So. Um, I think having my older brother as a mentor really uh, made it easier for me. And I think there was just like a lot of imposter syndrome at different you know, parts of the world to getting, different parts of the journey to getting to where I am now. But he was like my biggest supporter. And I know like in college when I got my first uh, like tutor role position for like the computer science labs and like when I got my first uh, uh, kind of I got like a role in like a project team that was working on a schedule builder at our college, and when I got both of those things, I was like, shoot, like <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. Maybe I should yeah. quit. Like, why they hire me? And so I think just like being able to call my brother and kind of have him explain that like nobody really knows what they're doing. Everyone's just figuring it out as they go along, and as long as you have like kind of the essential skills, you can really get through anything. So I think just like that voice really helped helped me kind of push through like the initial first years of computer science, mm-hmm. and there can be definitely a learning curve at the start. But I feel like if you have a good uh, social, a good support system you're able to kind of you know cut through and persevere and get to the parts of college where it's like much more manageable and enjoyable so I think I really just uh am grateful for that family support system
1: yeah for sure yeah family support systems are so crucial I think in general um you know to to get uh, people through um, their lives and uh get people through what their uh their hardships are going on quickly I wanted to talk about what what is your challenges as a hijabi not only uh, a woman but as a hijabi practicing within the computer science realm uh like do you see represent a uh, representation or are were you like one of the you know the pioneers of this or did you was were you did you feel represented
0: yeah so it's definitely a big uh question too just like identity and how you see yourself taking up space in the world um and I think when I went to college I was really happy I also when I was thinking about which college to go to, something that really stood out to me was UC Irvine for the really big Muslim student union that it had. In particular, when I was touring around, I was talking to the last, like the MSU president that year, and he was telling us about just like the big computing and Muslim kind of (laughs) intersection there that they had. And um, so I think just knowing that I could have that support system within college uh, inspired me to go there. And then along the way, I crossed paths with Nada Fateh, who is the co-founder of Muslim Women in Tech, and so she was kind of getting us started right when I was starting college. And I got to really see her bring a community of Muslim women together. And that's an international uh, organization now that has women supporting women from all over. And I've been able to really uh, get to enjoy mentoring back in that pro- in that community too. And I think that Muslim Women in Tech organization really just gave me the inspiration. Like I got to see people who are a few years older than me doing the things that I dreamed of doing. And I think it's like once you have someone near you that is doing what you thought was never possible it makes you like really think about oh maybe i can do this or like i know like freshman year of college i kind of had just heard a lot that like oh it's impossible to get an internship and so i didn't even really Like, I feel like I didn't prioritize that as much. And then one of my really close friends got one, like, kind of a couple months towards the end of the year. And I was like, oh, shoot, maybe I should actually kind of, you know, prioritize, like, maybe it is doable for someone like me. And I think that really just, like, gave me the push to, like, start applying, like, a lot and eventually ended up with my first role. And I think it's, like, having those people that show you what's possible is really important. And that's also why I try to be as vocal as I can about my career, because I feel like if you don't know what you can dream of, it's hard to even, like, see what's out there. So that's also why I'm very happy this podcast exists, (laughs) because I feel like our youth are you know they have many more resources
2: now so Mm. love to see it definitely definitely yeah so backtracking a bit as a child you know how you we have these activities in school as younger kids where we have to imagine our dream job and what we want to be when we grow up How different was what you imagined back then from where you are now? Oh,
0: gosh, so different. I think I had just like phases of my undergrad, my high school journey where I considered like everything under the sun. I mean, I think I wanted to be a journalist at one point. I wanted to be like an English teacher because I was just like a huge fan of my English classes and teachers growing up. It was like my safe space. And. Even in college, I kind of like explored uh, like user experience research and product management and user experience design and kind of just like saw everything that was tech related just to make sure that I kind of knew what I wanted and also just to learn how to be a more collaborative software engineer. So um, I think just really like Exploring everything that is presented to you and like being able to kind of be flexible is really helpful. Like I know even when I when I was applying to uh, colleges with computer science as my major, I was like, can I really do this? Like I feel like yeah. I just heard the reputation that like oh it's you know it's really rough and like people aren't able to get through it. And then I think you just kind of need to like keep an open mind and not let like the reputation of something get to you and realize that if you have a good support system, if you're able to be flexible and nimble, and really just like talk to your peers and mentors and kind of be very curious about what's happening opening around you, you can honestly get through anything and you don't have to let some reputation of some major being hard or exclusive kind of keep you out of it. So I think I try to embody that as much as I can. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think, um, you know, all the things that you said were like really important and different things that, you know, even myself being an undergrad, like you consider everything under the moon, but what, like, what, what grounded you? Cause like, for me, it's like, you know, I, I want to be a mechanical engineer. I'm a business major now. So what really grounded you to the point of um, of what you do now?
0: Yeah. So in high school, I was really kind of, I wanted to make sure I was confident in what I was applying to colleges with, even though, you know, I have lots of friends that like figured it out later in life and are still thriving, but um, so what I did was I took a class at a community college over the summer between my junior and senior year. And that was like my first exposure to a coding class. And it was a bit later than a lot of my peers, which like really freaked me out at the time. But looking back, I realized that something really beautiful about coding and tech is that you can kind of join at any point of your life and just ramp up quickly if you're willing to put the effort in and if you kind of have the energy. Like I've worked with lots of different boot camp grads and people who just like transition into tech at different parts of the life. And I think it really is more doable than other fields can be to get in. So um, I think uh, just kind of taking all of that inspiration and really enjoying my first computer science class a lot was... Kind of what led me to have the confidence that I could apply for it, but even then I was still like, yeah. I don't know, can I handle it? Like, what if I need to, like change my majors? I was I like know. deciding which school to go to based off of like if it cost this much for tuition, and if I change my mind, like I how feel can I for real. Oh my god! So, <laughs> <So, laughs> it was, dad so, was like, Better,
1: yeah. this College, <laughs> it costs this much. Right?
0: It's yeah. uh the things you think about at 18. It is wild, but um I think I think I just like uh really just prioritize like enjoying my day to day classes a lot and kind of like one of the values I had when I was thinking about career to do too was thinking of like what do I enjoy kind of doing day-to-day since there was other parts of like other roles in tech or for example I was also doing human computer interaction research at one point and I think you get to just see the, like how much do you really enjoy the day-to-day life and what's like the, the like the meat of the role compared to like what's the kind of glamorized vision or like what you kind of think that the role is. So, in summary, I think just trying out everything helps a lot and just being open and curious. And uh, like the more, I think my confidence grew the more coding classes I did, the more kind of like coding related extracurriculars I did, and kind of the more like every internship that I did really kind of brought me to a new level too. Like when I look back at my first internship, I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, it was just a different world. Like I feel like there's, it's more, it's definitely a thing of just like the more exposure and the more uh, kind of success you have, the easier it gets to be confident and to take up space to if you know you are a minority in a lot of like the uh, rooms at work or the meetings you're in. So I think just the more I've been able to do, the easier it's become.
2: That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, you've had so much experience now, which is really cool. And you got to try all these different things. So I want to go back to a point that you mentioned that I found really interesting. You said that like you realize that writing code is like writing in English. Like I've never heard that comparison before. So what do you think is like, makes it that like that way like what is it about writing code that like really is something that you like yourself
0: yeah so i also hadn't really heard of it like put that way until i met a bunch of boot camp grads that were like previously like i studied english in school and had a lot of kind of english backgrounds in their careers and i realized that there's more to it than I thought but like there's more of a connection between uh like the humanities and English and writing code than I'd seen like I feel like during high school I'd kind of thought of the worlds as very separate but yeah. I think
1: just a
2: lot like of like all the subjects are really like black yeah, and light, Right? Exactly, but like yeah. there's more English kind so, of, that of, of that you can English bother is so boring anyways <laughs> like what, do, what are we going to read
1: like Huckleberry
2: <laughs> Finn like I don't know <laughs> Exactly Yeah, yeah. yeah Dang, we don't realize the nice side to English yeah. I, a I
0: mean it's a, it's a good question I think I like I mean obviously parts of it is you know like when you read books like Huckleberry Finn like I mean you can get of get like more empathy for the people the characters in the books and their way of life and so I hope that that brings you to like the mindset of how do I build a product for users and how do I make something accessible and how do I kind of you know think about the diverse users in it but I guess when I think of coding specifically I think a lot of it has to do with like the readability of your code which I feel like at Tome we really value that and it's like the first place that I've seen that like kind of my new grad beginner perspective was really valued in a sense of like I got asked um, by our tech leads on how to make sure that what I was right, what the like, code they were writing or I was writing was as clear as possible to a beginner mm-hmm. or like someone new to the code base, new to the team. And so I think part of good writing, which is also very hard, but part of good writing is like making your language and your words accessible to everyone that's reading it. And I think code has a lot of good code has a lot of parallels to that. Uh, I think just like thinking about your audience, who is going to see it, and how to really make uh, make something as logical and effective to the person reading it, and also like you know when the code's running, you want to think about how to make that best too. So I think there's a lot of kind of just like the the thinking through. Like we have like outlines sometimes for uh, when we're gonna or when we're gonna design. Like like we have like engineering specs for when we're gonna build something, and I think the process has a lot more similarities so with like an outline for an essay than. I'd previously imagined like a lot of it's mm-hmm. kind of just how do you express thought and how do you make it very logical and uh, kind of I don't know make it do what you want to Yeah, I feel like I'm still yeah. shaping no, no, that. No, no. No, that makes yeah. total <laughs> sense. No, yeah, it's yeah. kind of uh, I don't know, it's kind of vague and philosophical, but there's Man. there's a lot more kind of overlap too, and I feel like I kind of wish that I saw like just my love for English classes being celebrated more as a kid because I feel like, I don't know, in the Bay Area, it's kind of like STEM is king, yeah, <laughs> and exactly. it's not always the healthiest mentality, and also I think there's a lot that you can kind of, I don't know, take from different subjects and bridge together, so I think I realize now that, like, those classes really help me get better at communication and, you know, thinking through what I'm writing, what code I'm writing, what English I'm writing, so I'm just very really grateful to have had a lot of really formative
2: English teachers in my life.
1: Yeah, that's pretty cool. Thank Allah I'm not writing any essays, so I'm not in the field that you do.
2: My personal experience with coding has been I've I've absolutely hated it until really recently. So I had uh, in in ninth grade I took a Python course. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't the teacher's fault, but it was online. It was COVID. It was like so, and I I really didn't learn much from it. And I've kind of just avoided coding. And I actually used to think I hated it. Something I realized was that I was hating it because I actually feared it. Like I didn't know how to do it properly. I didn't actually know what it meant to code. And that's why I started hating it. So I wanted to ask you, was there anything about computer science or just like tech in general that you kind of hated
0: at first? That's a great question. Um, I definitely agree, too, that I think like a lot of teachers can maybe not uh, teach intro classes to computer science really well. And so I think something I really optimized, too, when I was taking those first classes was, like, like, I took my first intro class with C++, which is, like, known to be very verbose, not very beginner-friendly language, but I really just optimized for, like, the teacher <laughs> reviews on Write My Professor and stuff. And people just said that the person I was going to take it with was, like, just really got you to learn well and like kind of inspired her students. And so I think a lot of it is just the perspective that you're first kind of, that you're introduced to computer science with and like how doable your teacher makes it seem uh, to your teacher makes coding seem or kind of like the excitement they bring to it. Um, but like I think that's definitely pretty valid and natural. Like I, I know a lot of people kind of have a sharp learning curve when they're first introduced to computer mm-hmm. science, and I even had some friends who, when they first tried coding, they just like hated it. But then they kind of came back to it a little bit later on in their lives and realized they actually really did enjoy it. And kind of that fear element, and maybe as you get exposed to it more, the fear, fear element kind of you know. Um, comes down a bit so and like those friends ended up being software engineers and like studying computer science in college and kind of changing their whole paths and i think a lot of it is really just like the mental emotional blocks of the task you're doing and just like managing those emotions and learning to not let the fear get in the way but it definitely like the more you do it the easier it becomes for sure and um, to your question about whether there's anything I didn't like or that I hated about computer science, <laughs> I mean, there's definitely – I feel like because I started out with, with C++, which is not very fun for a beginner, but, you know, <laughs> you got to do what you got to do for the for the good teacher sometimes. But um, I think it's just, like, there was a lot of things you had to get right, like a lot of, like, nitty details that you had to get right in C++ compared to some other languages like Python maybe that – I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but they have a bit more flexibility with like kind of how you write code, and so I think it was just like getting all those things uh, in order and just being on top of all of that. Like I, I think you kind of get used to that though over time. And I think another thing that I hate more <laughs> maybe now in my as a, in my career is just that you have to get used to like making sense of ambiguity and navigating mm-hmm. stuff that's not very black and white. Like you have to think about what is the best way to write this code or to design mm-hmm. this product and kind of thinking about the different approaches you can take and then figuring out, like, the pros and cons of all. So I think a really big skill in my career is, or as a software engineer, even just in the tech industry as a whole, is learning to make sense of ambiguity and being comfortable with it and, like, not freaking out. So it's kind of a lot of the similar stuff of, like, managing the fear of coding that hits you when you're a beginner. And so I think you just get used to being humbled and (laughs) not knowing what's going on and just learning to, like, asking for help is so important. And I think a really big part of it, too, is having teams that make it safe for you to ask for help And Alhamdulillah, where I'm at home and in my internships too, I think I really sought out places that I could get good mentorship in and that I didn't feel annoying or bad taking up space and asking questions in so I think teams that really kind of are excited to teach you and excited to really help you uh, drive your career forward I think that's really what makes navigating all that fear a lot easier and same thing goes for like professors or teachers or tutors and how they kind of approach things and whether they lead with excitement or fear and anxiety I feel like a lot of it is just like a psychological experience more than it is (laughs) about the code that you're writing but (laughs) I mean (laughs) Yeah, yeah
1: I agree doing anything for the good professor always yeah. the <laughs> always the move um but yeah let's you know touching into ai tech and ai it's like a really really big thing nowadays um and especially it's, it's such a booming market what is your suggestion to the Viros if they're thinking about going down this pathway what's the best pathway now that you see that may yeah, not you've have had all these different experiences yeah. and stuff exactly because yeah. you have so many experiences what is your like because, you know, maybe you took the roundabout uh, way and then you made a couple of mistakes and said, I, c- I could have done something differently. Like what's your now like straightforward, like mm. easiest way to get there? <laughs>
0: that is a hot question. Um, I mean- I know it's loaded, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a big the question. The most straightforward yeah. way. Um, I guess just like getting your hands dirty. I think a lot of engineering and tech is just figuring out what you don't like or what you hate, what you can't enjoy. and. Maybe a lot of people get paralyzed with, like, what's the first language I should try? Like, what's the first kind of thing to experience? Like, what kind of tech role stands out to me? And I think just, like, getting your hands dirty, I know it's, like, a cop-out answer. <laughs> but I feel it's really just like it really just depends on each person and what they enjoy and what their day-to-day life, like, what kind of skills they want to work on. So... I think just, like, getting your hands dirty and being nimble and being flexible to changing your mind, I know it's not the easy answer you <laughs> wanted, no, no, but, yeah. I mean, I think something that helps, can't help with that process is, like, doing personal projects. I mean, I know M. Hadi has, like, five million. <laughs> mashallah, we love to yeah, see it. Yeah. So, I, I think just, that, like, yeah. I
2: found exactly what you were saying is just trying all these different things and, like making mistakes is like the concept our first guest on the podcast actually talked about was just make mistakes so exactly. i found that really good crazy yeah. getting your hands dirty in the tech world i don't know <laughs> like i don't know like do you like go inside the computer to get
0: your hands dirty? sometimes you know you want to like inspect the ones and zeros up close you know oh, okay. you get like a little exactly. magnifying glass oh, okay. yeah you so gotta you gotta do it
2: yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Definitely. let's talk about your first internship mm-hmm. experience so what was that and how did that yeah. actually come about
0: Yeah, so getting the first internship or first project is always the hardest, I'd say. I think there's a lot of like just once you have something solid in your resume it proves your competency further for other employers and other projects so I think it takes a lot of just humbling yourself and like applying to a lot of different places reaching out to people you know making the most of your connections especially I learned to really rely on like the Muslim world that we have and the sub community that that really carried me through and that's also why you know I strive to be there as much as I can for people younger than me or changing into tech mm-hmm. um, but so in, in my freshman year of college I was really encouraged by my brother to get my hands dirty as much as I could, you know, our classic metaphor. Um, And so what that meant was just applying for anything on campus that was like relevant, even if it wasn't like the perfect thing to do for all my career. I would just kind of do what I can to experience different parts of the tech world. And, you know, as you're when you're a freshman in college, like there's so much out there and there's so many different aspects of computer science to look into. So I think it's really just a matter of like trying what you can and kind of doing what you can with what you have, the skills you have, like the network you have. And so freshman year, I was able to uh, tutor for our introductory CS class in my second quarter of college. And um, that really helped me get some more confidence. And after that, I applied for this like team of kind, of mostly upperclassmen at UCI that were working on a uh, web app that uh, was like a schedule builder so that you could kind of, you know, um, help students figure out what classes to take and like how to align their like timings and their work schedules and the professors they want and all this stuff. And um, so that was a really cool experience of like being on a real software team, and yeah. I think it really just uh, got me extra excited and got me—I don't know—it was like it was, it was like a microdose of like the real internship world, and it was very, it was like scary. Like I was like, you know, like I wanted to quit, because I was like, got my yeah. role because I was like, I don't know if I can do this. Like I had to have my brother just really kind of I don't know tell me to just try it out, and like you can always just get comfortable with the feeling of like not knowing everything and having to ask for help and having to be vulnerable and having to take up space in a new area and. Um, thankfully I you know really enjoyed that team and I think those two uh, like that tutor position in that project were what made me stand out when I was uh, interviewing for my internship and it just so happened that like the technologies that that project used in the class that I tutored in just Python was exactly what um, my first internship needed so that was at a semiconductor company it was called nanometrics back then and they wanted a software engineer to help with uh, kind of testing some software and sort of writing some Python scripts to speed up a lot of things. And so it just so happened that like I had skills that were really relevant to that as a freshman. And I think like They really just asked me about all those experiences I had and about the soft skills that I built up and that. And they just like drilled me on everything extra I was doing as a freshman. So I think it's really just realizing that you have to be creative and kind of tell a good story with all the different things you're working on and figure out how to, you know, set yourself apart from other people and how to kind of like find the good juicy tidbits of like learnings that you have from each experience. Like I think some of my friends had maybe similar tutor positions, but maybe didn't have kind of the... Like weren't thinking exactly to like how to position the stories mm-hmm. of when they were like helping out day to day as a tutor. Since I think a lot of you know being a good, a lot of like doing well in interviews comes down to the story you tell and how you craft your narrative and how you kind Talk of a
2: story.
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah, you oh, know, yeah, to this her. too, <laughs> yeah. But I think uh, just like building those storytelling skills, which also I feel like English class really helped me kind of mm-hmm. I don't know bring bring that out. So. Um, I think just like being able to make the most of my freshman year experiences and bring it to the table when I was interviewing helped me stand out a lot. And honestly, it was a lot of cold applying to LinkedIn, which I don't recommend. But yeah. um, I think when you're like when you're in your first role, you kind of just have to try a lot of like everything to get ahead. But I definitely feel like relationships are what really gets you into places like for my recent job search. It was all relationship based and. Um, that was also a situation where I was going to join another startup and then two months before they had some layoffs and they had to rescind my offer and so I was like panicking and I was like oh my gosh am I going to be like unemployed forever and then you kind of get over that experience and learn to you know uh, trust God and kind of trust in the process but uh, like in that in my most recent job search because the economy was you know it was like uh, last summer so the economy was kind of in a weird place and it wasn't like the same, like the same kinds of companies that are normally hiring were not obviously anymore. And so it was a lot of just like talking to people, finding opportunities that were kind of like not uh, very publicly advertised and stuff. And I think for this job search, like relationships was like the number one thing that got me to where I am. So learning to like build that and craft that is really important. I think I, I don't know where I, <laughs> I don't <have> think <laughs> like your question asked that. No, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but, uh, oh,
2: yeah. It's, it's, it's useful. <laughs> okay, um, I'm glad. So you mentioned you worked at Google, you worked at Apple, you worked at Twitter, and then also the Nano, Nano, what was it again? Nanometrics. Nanometrics, yeah. there you go. So, Just throw a company I mean, out. You probably worked at it. Yeah. Well, it was, what are some interesting stories do you remember from like any one of them? You know, something that you find. It's going to be juicy. Be juicy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so, I'm sure yeah. there's like tons of stuff in there. There's you can a lot of funny about, stuff,
0: but. yeah. But something that was really fun that we did was uh, so, like the first week of our internship, we got to like have like, we had like virtual programs since so it was kind of like that weird time where COVID was still a thing, but we like, we weren't in office, but we were like able to meet up with people. So that was summer 2021, I believe. Yeah. Um, and so we, uh, for our first week, we had this really fun onboarding thing where you'd get to work with a few other interns and for me, it was like one was in Germany, like they're all over the world. So it was really cool kind of getting to see what their life was like, you know, in the UK and stuff. And so you had this uh, little project where you got to work with other interns from other departments and make a little like, uh, excuse me, a little video TikTok for, um, it was just like there's just some kind of random like small contest of like did just you do the collaborating when you did the <laughs> what was that did you do
1: the renegade when you did the TikTok
0: <laughs> unfortunately not I was not that cool but uh um I just had this like crazy idea of there was like this TikTok meme where um you it was like the like the nobody nobody song and then you like run away <laughs> talking about I can yeah, yeah then you. nobody knows yeah yeah, yeah. no we're like yeah nobody or like it's like uh we just like we're running away from the problems we had as like first week interns so it was like the thing was like oh like when your email inbox has like 200 emails in your first day or like like when you have to ask another question to your manager <laughs> i don't know it was just like little small things like that but i think it was just like that internship was very intentional about how to bond people remotely and how to kind of create these good relationships with people that are all over the world and the country and have different roles. So I think it was just a really special way to start off the internship on a good note. And it was a nice way to kind of like get creative. And I feel like it's really nice when companies uh, prioritize, you know, onboarding someone effectively, especially in the virtual world. And I think that was a good example of like how to, you know, build community from day one. Yeah, I can think of funnier things too. Um <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I just blank on everything, but... uh, Okay, well, at Twitter, we also had a... So we had these, like, intern AMA uh, sessions where we got to have, like... weekly or bi-weekly sessions with the different twitter executives and some of the interns would get to ask questions to them and so we had one with jack dorsey towards the end of our internship and that was a very special moment because we were all like kind of fangirling (laughs) and i don't know it was a cool cool moment just to you know be there in that time in history and that was like a lot a while ago too
2: yeah definitely and then now you're working at tome so can you take us through that journey of how you actually got from you said twitter was your last internship so how you went from twitter to tome and actually how how tome looked like at that point in time
0: yeah, it's a, it's definitely a great trek looking back. Um, so at the start of my senior year of college, I was deciding, you know, should I go back to Twitter? Should I join a big company again? Should I try out the startup thing that I've been kind of getting more curious about over the years since throughout undergrad, I just got exposed to a lot of different people's mindsets and a lot of different kind of events exist within the world for introducing college students to the startup world. and. Like when you're in the startup world, you can kind of join places that are very early, kind of much much more later stage. There's a big range in what that really means for someone, but um, I think I just grew more and more curious about what it's like to be at a small company, and so I was like, you know what? Why not try it out? This is a fun place to really like maximize my learning as an early career engineer. And um, so I originally decided to join another startup uh, at the start of senior year, and then. Um, a few months, like the summer after. So it was like a year in advance. Like that's here usually, not usually, but a lot of times com- like computer science or software engineers will like interview for roles a year in advance in college. And so that was kind of the, I went into that mindset with like the rest of my college uh, year and uh, at that point I still was kind of considering some different uh, parts of the tech world. And I was also thinking about, you know, going deeper the research route and maybe like getting a PhD someday. So I kind of made that commitment at the start of senior year. And then it was kind of like, hope it hope it works out, and then I kind of got a really good chance to just reflect on everything when I got a phone call in about July when I was going to start in September, and it turns out that that uh, startup had to rescind my offer, and they kind of had a lot of, uh, I don't know, a lot of things going on with the economy at that time, and so that was That's a moment where loss. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, you know, it happens, it's part of life, but um, that was really just a big kind of journey where I got to you know just really think about, like, what do I want now that I'm mm-hmm. done with college, and that, like, the road is kind of my oyster, and it was kind of nice to just have a moment of like clarity and reflection of getting to figure out what I wanted after college. Since so much changes for you senior year, and just like you know, I feel like you're rebuilding yourself every few yeah. months. <laughs> but um, I was really grateful just to get a chance to like reevaluate everything and to realize that you know I still really wanted to join a startup. And alhamdulillah, I also got to join like the weekly demos for that startup throughout the school year. And so I gotta get a good sense of what is it like being at like a slightly bigger startup than Tome. And I just loved it. And so I was like, you know what? That kinda of gives me the confidence that I can go somewhere even smaller than that previous startup that I was originally going to join. And I think just having that exposure throughout the school year really kind of helped me understand, okay, this is like what I want. And kind of like it was a nice way to just like dip my feet into it <laughs> and then figure it out like using that information to find out what's next. And um, so uh, when that first startup had to rescind my offer, they were really helpful with connecting me to a bunch of different places. And, like, they were so on top of just, like, I, I was getting, like, spammed, like, emails from everyone. or just, like, they're just, like, really doing their most to really be there for the other new grads. Like, there was two other new grads, too. And, you know, alhamdulillah, all three of us were able to, like, find new roles within less than a month, which is a pretty big deal at that stage when you're an early kind of early career engineer and so I think it really just shows the power of perseverance and using your networks and like I think we all kind of just like really grinded throughout undergrads that we were able to kind of have that flexibility and that freedom in our jobs. so it was kind of a nice moment too of just like a confidence building where you know if everything goes wrong you can still kind of make make sense out of life and like find a job and it's not the end of the world like I feel like that whole experience of job loss really kind of I don't know made me think a lot about like what a job means to me and also like how I just I don't know (laughs) It it was a very existential uh moment of just like figuring out my values in a career and also like you know just learning to trust God and realizing that like you know he has a plan for you and it's it's not all about you and your effort it's also about like trusting in the process and Allah um and Sorry, what was that question? I think, oh, kind of, or, like, how I got to tell him and, like, yeah, where it is now. Yeah, what okay, yeah. was like <laughs> at that point. Yeah, okay, so, um, at that point, uh, so I joined, I joined almost a... a I joined Tome about a year ago, and at that point, uh, they're about half the size they are now. They're also series A, so that's kind of a funding round of when you're more focused on like finding product market fit, so figuring out, do people even like this? Are they even using this? And now we're at series B, and we've, we're about uh, 70 people, so we're kind of at a different stage of, we're, we're just growing the product that we have, and we've found product market fit, and we're just figuring out like how to scale and how to kind of get, More people using it, and to also kind of use the data from having more users to figure out how do we support them better. Like, what are our best use cases? So, I think the company is really just like I mean, every month at Tome is a new journey. Truly, (laughs) like it's like I've got to see so much change and like so much evolution in the company. That's been so fascinating too. Just to kind of I don't know get to see it like in front of my eyes, and I'm really grateful to get to experience such a I don't know such a such a wonderful time in the startup journey for them and. Um, when I think about, like, when I first joined, they were um, more of just a storytelling format. So, like, the whole kind of, that was before, you know, ChatGPT came out, before, like, GPT-3 became very public. And so, like, AI hadn't really shook, shaken the world yet. Mm-hmm. AI hadn't shook, shook, <laughs> the <laughs> world. shook the world yet. And so that was a, kind of a different era of technology. In that, and then um, when, you know, ChatGPT came out, we started... Thinking about like how can Tome better support people that are using our product, and it just made sense to add some generative AI features, and that kind of idea really changed the trajectory of our company. Since that really helped us grow, we have 10 million users, and we hit that in less than a year, and so it was like a very uh, strong period of hyper growth. That all kind of came down to that decision of like let's try adding some generative AI features, and that was like some moments of viral growth that happened because our CEO posted some videos on Twitter of like kind of the new demos of what we were going to launch, and that was this presentation that would get like auto-generated for you after you gave it a prompt, and so that like just did some numbers on Twitter. People were like freaking out, and it really just was a crazy time of like our user base growing significantly, and just like everyone was kind of like all hands on deck figuring out how to support each other and how to, you know, get through everything sustainably, so it was a really special time of just seeing like the company really go from zero to 100, and it was I don't know, I think it was one of those times that you just like always remember for (laughs) the rest of your career. So, yeah.
1: So, I wanted to touch on really quickly two points. I think um, first one would be um, if, let's say there's a younger version of you or kids in general that are your age, look like you, have the same background as you, what advice would you give them? And then the second thing is, you know, everyone is asking me this question, where do you see yourself in like five years? I think this is a question that's never gonna stop, but
0: yeah, yeah. Love it. Um, I think I would tell my younger self just to I feel like I was maybe a bit more cautious and anxious about trying new things and like just throwing myself out there in the career world and I would just tell her to, you know, get your hands dirty <laughs> and just really do everything you can your power to experience what's out there and to be like less afraid, you know, to be more out like be uh i don't know be more assertive in terms of like asking for help from people and realizing that your community wants you to grow and i think just like the more that i've been able to you know meet new people and ask for help and give help back i've realized that you know everyone's just rooting for each other and like the the support you get from relationships is so important in the tech industry especially and i think i would just tell myself to you know not be afraid and just get your hands dirty and get out there because that really is what gives you the confidence to do things later on and I think it's like just getting over that initial paralysis is so important. I feel like I see a lot of, you know, my younger friends, too, dealing with that and just feeling kind of like stuck when you're, I don't know, like when you're applying to internships, not hearing back or just like those moments where you're maybe not seeing success happen right away. I think a lot of it is just about like learning to be okay with the feeling of failure and navigating it and realizing that. You have to go through hard times to learn and to build yourself up, and Mm -hmm. that those hard times are really what shape those learnings and make it easier for you to have confidence in the future so that you can deal with when those are thrown at you later on.
2: For sure. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So take (laughs) us, go for it.
2: Take us through a typical day in your life currently as a software engineer at Tome.
0: Yeah. So to start off with, um, something that something that just gives me a lot of joy every day at work that's not very like technical related, but I, I love teaching my team Gen Z slang. <laughs> I'm kind of known for it at Tome now. Like I introduce this pop off slack emoji to like celebrate people and I'll teach them like I don't know, like terms like girl boss or like there's just like a whole dictionary we have of like Generation Z slang and so I think you're it's one of those <laughs> two yeah. a little bit. But I think it's just fun because like <laughs> it, it's a nice way to make just day to day life more goofy and like mm-hmm. silly and it just I don't know, it's just fun because like everyone wants to learn the new words that like gen z is saying and yeah. so i think it's just, like one of those little things that just makes your day-to-day life a lot better like i realized that you know work can be so serious sometimes and it's yeah. like really nice to just find those pockets of goofiness and i think that's something that home we really celebrate too a lot is just like finding the humor in things you know like enjoying our day-to-day life not being always kind of stressed <laughs> because yeah. you know it's like it's a hard thing to do to build a company from zero to 100 and so yeah. i think just like finding the moments of joy and humor in it are really important um, and then besides from you know teaching everyone Gen Z slang, I also uh, have learned a lot as a software engineer. And so at Tome, we have a really special process that actually brings a lot of people into our engineering team where we get, we have a system where we have a very collaborative team structure and so you always have like a go-to person for each task that you're doing to get help from we call it the buddy system it's really wholesome Um, and there's also some kind of other we have a very practical process when it comes to figuring out how to collaborate with product and design and to get everyone on the same page and there's just a lot more communication between everyone at home than what I've seen in my past teams. so I think I really enjoy a getting to talk to everyone a lot more and like really seeing what they're thinking about and like kind of being uh, being in touch with them from, like, day one of a new project so that like, you really get to see what their headspace is and how you can work with them better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of it just comes down to, like, finding alignment with what we're going to build, who we're building for, and then how to actually build it. And, so, like, throughout that whole process, I really appreciate how much mentorship I get at home and just how, how much support there is since it's, like, pretty hard to get, you know, a new project going, getting running, to get a new project, like, from zero to 100 as well. And I think having that support structure really makes it like easy and really maximizes the learning for everyone and just makes it a better time for everyone all around. So, I really appreciate like how much communication we have at Tomes. since I think you realize that communication and getting everyone aligned and on the same page is so critical to success in any field really, yeah. but especially in the tech world where like everyone kind of, you know, works together so much. So, I think I just really get to uh, see the the joy of that process working out well.
2: For sure, yeah. And then what are some like cool contributions you've be you being able to make to like uh, just Tome the product in general as a software engineer? Um,
0: at Tome, I'm on the growth team. And so we're thinking about how to acquire new users and keep them happy and really just keep them excited about what we're going to launch. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of things around user education and onboarding. And a big project we've worked on recently is templates. So that lets new users start making a Tome right away and starts getting them inspired about the different kinds of things you can use Tome for, such as a resume or... Uh, One pager at work or some kind of, you know, something to keep your team in alignment at work to communicate different deadlines and goals. So that was a really special experience also of getting to build something that will scale over time, like we're always adding new templates and getting creators in our uh we have a lot of like social media relationships with creators so that they can also make new templates and it was cool to be on something that was scale like, as i grow and as the company grows and i've also worked on other projects around um organizations so different ways to help to give organizations uh different fonts that they want for their branding and also different logos so that they can you know really personalize everything to their own experience so a lot of it's just been around how to Um, make the product more fun to use and you know kind of keep people coming back since retention is a really big thing about startup life that you really think about a lot when you're at the stage especially of like growing and kind of you know figuring out who's using your product how to support them yeah
1: that's pretty cool so um you know you talked a lot about tome and different things like that i just want to talk about your career goals and you know whether that be with tome without tome what do you see as your long-term uh career goals. Yeah,
0: my long-term career <laughs> long goals. See, see, I was thinking about tome in my mind and then i was like tome. Okay. It's okay. Long-term I, career goals guys. Yeah. yeah. No, my long-term career goals. It's a it's a great question. Um so I think being at home, I really get exposed to different kinds of more senior people. And that means people who are tech leading and they're kind of really more focused on like the technical sides of things and how do we improve our code base and how do we build things sustainably. And then I also see like engineering managers who are really focused on like how do we keep the team working together well and how do we kind of support everyone to collaborate with design and product well mm-hmm. and so I think there's kind of, those are two main routes that you can go down. There's also just like, you know, staying as an independent contributor, which is a cool option that I feel like software engineers are kind of lucky to have since not every other industry lets you kind of just, you know, stay heads down, lets you kind of just like code the whole time and not have to manage people necessarily. So. There's kind of those three different routes i'm still seeing what really appeals to me the most and a lot of times people will also change between being an engineering manager or being a individual contributor over time it's kind of just a thing of like what skills you care about at the moment so i think i just learned from everyone around me and i'm just uh growing more senior and getting better at like different parts of engineering. So like right now that means kind of learning system design, which is thinking about like how do we build a new project feature well and how do we make it scale well? how do we make it sustainable with the rest of our code base and what kinds of metrics do we care about with this? like how do we make something efficient? How do we make it not take super long to use? So different things like that are kind of like what's up for me next about uh, when I think about what I'm learning day to day at home.
2: That's awesome. Yeah. So, I mean, Tome's like just one of the really cool use cases of AI out there. I mean, there's so many things coming up recently. Obviously, you mentioned like since ChatGPT, we've, we've seen like the widespread adaption of AI. Like for example, you know, one example I can bring up and actually we can visualize right now is I can snap my fingers and we'll turn into a watercolor. So just like this and then obviously not in real life, but if you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening, then yeah, if you could check it out on YouTube, you'll it's see crazy. that you know <laughs> you see we're, that you're wearing a uh, watercolor, and then I can snap my fingers. As soon as I snap my fingers, <laughs> I'll actually be speaking Spanish, and my lips will be synced to Spanish. So I can just snap, do this. I can literally y ahora hablo español. Entonces, ¿te gustaría decir algo en español? Sabe,
1: sabes, no tengo ni idea de qué decir en verdad, <laughs> no, simplemente 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 te estoy observando en este momento. Sí, 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 sí. Ah, luego,
2: I can snap my fingers again In what language will we be doing? Uh, bro, Urdu. Chinese? Chinese? <laughs> <laughs> I need am stuck
1: for a it You know, Pakistani background. Come on, we got to okay, Pakistani
2: okay, the bot, bro. Aur phir ab hum Urdu bol rahe na shay. Now we're back in English. But yeah, there there's so many like what do we Yeah, there's so no, many no, cool no. use we're cases. <laughs> So many true. cool yeah. use cases of AI, but I mean, where do you, what is your personal favorite use case of AI that you see, like not, not even use case of AI, but what are you most excited about yeah. in terms of AI?
0: Love that question! I think something that I really enjoyed, especially in our early days of having generative AI features in Tome, was just getting to use our features to create lots of cool. I don't know stories about like a Muslim princess dreaming in like some forest that she I don't know turns to a butterfly, and then she becomes a human again. I made like a whole. <laughs> I made mean, okay. that one, but I think it's just like I I, f- I had the most fun thinking of just like random cool cultural or Islamic art related things that I can create. Like we have a stable, we have a Stable Diffusion plugin right now, and I actually worked on that feature, which was super fun too, but it was just, I've just had so much fun making like South Asian, Islamic kind of references and art using that, like that's just like the most fun. I also love just like finding random like, I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan, and so there's lots of like random, (laughs) yes! I just love thinking about like, oh like what's like a Taylor Swift inspired cookie gonna look like, and I feel like it just makes you think outside the box and really get like a really quick iteration loop on a crazy idea you have, and like what does it look like to bring that to life, and I think that told who really think of Tome being like an, a thought partner so that you it really takes you from the start of thinking about an idea you want to tell and figuring out the best way to tell it you know what kinds of data or media are helpful there and then you know helping take out the friction of actually being able to put that together and I think just that's how I love generative AI for you know taking out the friction of like making something happen mm-hmm. and um, I mean, one of my favorite features, so I'm like, I love Instagram stories and I just love like finding random corners in San Francisco and, you know, making it look pretty. And so I use this app called ViscoCam, cam, like VSCO cam, and they have some like AI suggested filters for each like photo or video you're looking at. And the amount of like inspiration that that has given me is, just like over the years if you add up all the hours it saved me it's so much and a lot of times I feel like there's just so much friction to creating something whether it's a photo or you know something like this and AI just really takes out some like the fear and like the process of getting started there and so I think I've just seen like that has been like a very small kind of everyday thing for me but even like throughout my high school and college experience um, I would always be using Grammarly to get like feedback on my grammar and kind of help me with writing things and I just, like, I can't imagine life without Grammarly now, like, the way it makes it so much easier to, you know, get past, like, a lot of times you're writing and you just, like, can't figure out what to say or, like, how to structure something or, you know, if you're, like, writing an email and you're just, like, nervous about the content, then I feel like having the support system for, like, how do you, you know, make this sound good to your boss and stuff like that. I think there's just so many little, like, everyday things like that that just make your life so much better and kind of take out, like, the, the not fun parts of work and about careers and there's a lot of just cool use cases that can really... I don't know, help people understand things better, too. Like, I feel like education is a wonderful use of AI and generative AI. And I'm just always very excited to see how we're changing the world with that, too, and how uh, AI is changing education.
1: AI is scary. That's all I gotta
0: say. That's true. It is. That's also a hard part, too, is just like how unpredictable it is. And it's also a hard thing about building AI products is that, you know, you have to really think about like what will the model do in this situation. And it's like it adds a new element of fun and also difficulty when you're shipping something and you're like, what's it really gonna do? Like, have you tried out all the different edge cases? And it like adds some spice to everything for sure. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, the future of AI is like really uncertain, but. Yeah. You know, I couldn't avoid plugging in our episode <laughs> here with uh, Sister Nazni Rajani, who's the yeah. co not who's a research research lead at Hugging Face, which is like an AI startup that's re- really big right now, actually. So. If you want to check out the episode feel free to check that out but before we wrap up this episode let's actually move on to a few rapid fire questions
0: nice Ooh, love it very
2: nice
0: <laughs> <laughs> also yeah plus one to checking out sister Nazni's Niz- 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 <coughs> episode i thought it was really inspiring and taught me a lot about how to learn in your career and maximize learning so great plug <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly i like the, the name hugging face I was right like, yeah, it's actually, yeah it's actually yeah i
2: mean when creative. i tried pitching that episode to yeah. people oh shock <laughs> what do you mean hugging face like you only know of the emoji but yeah it's yeah it's, it's cool name. Oh, it's, it's very yeah, creative. Okay, ready? Ready yeah, for let's do it. We have three minutes. Let's We're gonna it. ask as many questions okay. as possible. Three, two, one. Go ahead. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Okay, okay, okay. Um, uh, uh, how do you describe yourself in three words?
0: Um, playful, creative, uh, insightful. <laughs> playful, creative, hungry.
1: <laughs> okay, this is a very important one for me. What is your all time favorite movie?
0: oh the parent trap because it's just like my childhood defined good
2: job <laughs> do you have a favorite family tradition
0: oh um how am supposed to think this quickly um i think my brother and my dad are just like very funny and make the most inappropriate jokes at the worst times and it just keeps life very light and fun but also i have to like not do that in public so <laughs> it's a it's always a curve of learning <laughs> yeah
1: okay can you walk me through your morning routine
0: Ooh. Um, skincare occasionally. Very uh, breakfast. <laughs> I try to get sunshine. Do I always? No, but uh, I love looking at the internet. I'm addicted to Twitter. It actually really helps me. I'm not being short with this, but helps me like keep on touch of you know tech and like research mm-hmm. and what's happening. So I love social media. Like I feel like it's connected me to a lot of good stuff.
1: Nice, so if nice. you want to get into
2: tech, uh, go on social media. <laughs> okay, we can't Twitter addiction. It, but, <laughs> oh, yeah. What's your go-to comfort food?
0: Ooh, ramen. Nice, nice.
2: Yeah. Okay uh what do you use to, what you use to what usually uh use to relieve stress
0: okay. mm, i cool. love yoga recently i feel like it's <laughs> i don't know how not elaborate am i supposed to not elaborate <laughs> what's admit, the vibe just okay just okay admit. i love yoga it keeps you really just on top of i don't know life and managing stress
1: <laughs> this is a good question okay this
2: is very crucial yeah Board games or video games?
0: Board games. I am a classic. I'm not that much of a Gen Z kid.
2: <laughs> what was your gene? Uh, actually, we kind of covered this. Uh, mm. Who's your Who's your childhood hero?
0: Whoa. I mean, childhood. Well, of course, like the role models we have in Islam, like, you know, uh, Lady Fatima, also my name. So <laughs> I always was just inspired by her. But um, I think I also have a lot of... <laughs> Sorry, I keep talking. Um, I don't know. I think I have a, a lot of role models when it comes to the tech world, too. Like, Layla Shakely. She's a, a startup founder at uh, Wise Logistics, and I think she just does a really cool uh, job of balancing motherhood and being an amazing co-founder, and I feel like that's who I want to be someday, inshallah. Nice.
2: What's your favorite AI tool outside of Tome? Other Ooh, than Tome. Ooh,
0: outside of Tome.
2: This is very critical. You know, it kid in the hot water was <laughs>
0: Can I say Stable Diffusion? Just because I yeah. feel like I've had so much fun playing around with it, even though it's part of Tome, so Stable cheated, Diffusion and Mid-Journey,
2: between those
0: two? I mean, they're both cool in their own ways, you know? I feel like I just like that Tome has Stable Diffusion so I can, like, access it real nice. quick because I'm too easy to go on Discord for Mid-Journey. But it is a co- they're both cool, I will say. <laughs> awesome. Yeah.
1: Can you recommend a book?
0: Oh, favorite book, five, four,
1: <laughs> three, right, go ahead, we'll give you the um, I don't have if my
0: favorite, but um, uh, there's this book called, I love like self-help books. I feel like they just change the way you think about life. And there's one about how your 20s are in the new 30s, or <laughs> maybe it's the other way around, but it just talks about like how to set your life up well in your 20s so that you're kind of, I don't know, really able to maximize the rest of your life. And I think it's a great read for all my fellow college students, high schoolers.
2: We'll be giving that a read. <laughs> <laughs> for sure, yeah. And uh, as we wrap things mm-hmm. up today, what would be one key point that a listener should take away from this episode?
0: Yeah, so I think a really big uh, mission of my career, too, has just been to show up in spaces where I'm underrepresented and make it easier for future people to take my place and I think that comes with you know taking risks in your own career so that you can pave ways for future people and also always being really welcoming and able to support and mentor younger people too, so I think I just really think of that as a core value for my career as I get through my life yeah
1: yeah I mean yeah within within conclusion what do you what is like any last like if you were to give someone who's having a hard time right now or difficulty within the space and you know they can do better or like they can keep going, what would you, if you were to say, sum it up into one sentence, what would you tell them? Ooh.
0: Um, first of all, you know, have patience, have supper. It's, I feel like careers are a, lo- a long lifeline, a long lifelong thing and you can always kind of, there's ebbs and flows, but you'll, you'll get through it. Um, and also to really just, uh, you know, make use of your community, reach out to people, you're not alone ever, and we, we support each other through everything, and that's kind of also how Islam, I feel like community is very big in Islam, so leaning on that when it comes to your career is also really helpful. That that's wasn't awesome. a sentence. But yeah, yeah, that's, that's, good, good, yeah. that's okay. good enough. Yeah, and then if anyone's interested yeah.
2: in contacting you and learning more about your journey or any... You know, if any help that they're requesting, what would be the best way for them to reach yeah,
0: you? Yeah, LinkedIn's always great. I'm honestly on all social media: Twitter, Instagram. Feel free. Can tell. <laughs> you <can move> <laughs> I love it. I'm a Gen Z I kid. Mean, you been Google, you been Twitter. Right. So right. You totally gotta keep it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. that's awesome. We'll make sure to link. Uh, your LinkedIn in the description. Thank you. Yeah. And then, yeah, thank you so much for joining us for this episode. Really enjoyed recording it I'm yeah. glad we were finally <laughs> able to record you. So, so much back and forth, but, yeah. No, I appreciate I'm the, I'm the, it. Yeah, thank you yeah. so much for joining us, and thank you so much for watching this episode of the Journeying Towers podcast. You can find all of our previous episodes on Spotify, uh, YouTube, and pretty much every other podcast platform that's out there. And uh, thank you, brother, for joining. Yeah, on no last problem. minute notice no problem it was pretty fun I had a good time yeah, yeah. Yeah. how do you think,
1: uh, how do I think I did I had no idea what I was going on <laughs> leave,
2: leave <laughs> a comment below on how you think Hasan Abbas did and we'll see you in the next episode thank you